You're listening to Mornings with Eric and Bridget here on Moody Radio 89.3. Lies are powerful, but God's truth is stronger. And using witty storytelling and playful graphics, Jason and Aaron Davis are presenting solid biblical truths to combat some of the most common lies boys believe in their latest book. It's part of a larger series. Now, this one is Lies Boys Believe. Aaron Davis joining us. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. So you're in the trenches. You've got four boys. Uh, you know what it's like, don't you? I definitely do. In fact, if you hear some uh, loud noises in the background, everything's fine. It's just sort of living with four, <laughs> yes. four sons. <laughs> yes, I remember the day my I, my mom only had one son. That would be me. But I remember the day she said, can I have anything nice? That's kind of the way it works, right? Yeah, <laughs> that is. But, but they're totally worth it. But you say now this is, um, it's the lies boys believe. I'm interested in the subtitle as well. We'll get to the lies part. But you say, but the epic quest for truth. What makes this quest epic. Yeah, I mean, truth is not some vague, uh, unattainable idea. Truth has a name. His name is Jesus. Truth has a source, and it's His Word. And um, it really is such an epic quest to try and know the Lord and understand His Word and apply it. And I know that as a grown-up who's been walking with Jesus for 25 years, but I want my boys to know that. I want They're built for adventure, and I want them to know that following Jesus is a tremendous adventure. It's an adventure, but there are there are pitfalls as we uh, navigate these waters with our sons. So w- what are some things in life right now that uh, there are numerous? I mean, you've got 10 lies here, so there are numerous ones, but what are some things that concern you? But at the same time, as you look at these young men, what excites you? What are, what are some uh, different things that are, are concerns or excitements? Yeah, you're right. We could talk about our concerns for a long, long time. Um, I think one thing that just concerns me broadly is the fact that manhood and then by default boyhood are really under attack in an overt way. My boys are growing up in a world where they're kind of trained to believe strength is a liability and uh, even the gender bender stuff that we're all seeing that we don't need to get into, but it's definitely concerning as a parent. And so there's lots to worry about, but I am also excited about, you know, God is a generational God. There's never going to be a generation that he doesn't pursue the hearts and minds of his children. And I feel like in this age of so much information constantly flying around, um, the next generation really does want to know what is true and what is steady. And we have the answer for that. So that's exciting. Mm -hmm. And it is exciting. And I know that your desire, obviously, as a mom who teaches the Bible to other women, but also you'd love to see your boys treasure God's Word. And was that the key motivation for this resource? And what advice do you give to other parents who who have that same desire? Yeah, I mean, I want a lot of things for my boys. It's great for them to be good basketball players. I appreciate it when they get an A on that test. But None of that ultimately matters, and I want them to be like that wise man who builds his house upon the rock of what's true and not the sands of things that can never last. So certainly my four sons, Eli, Noble, Judah, and Ezra, are who inspired me to write this book. But they, I think of their friends and the boys I know at church and just boys everywhere uh, who I want to see the Lord raise up as truth fighters, we call them in the book, which means they're willing to stand up for what is good and true and right. And, you know, the Bible, there's a there's a model that Scripture gives us uh, for parenting and the Word. It's like, talk about it as you go, and talk about it as you lay down, and write it on the doorpost of your home. In other words, 
infuse God's word in every part of your life. And so we do that lots of different ways. We read the Bible to our sons at night. We have scripture playing in the morning. We have scripture on our walls. We have good discussions after church, but there's no magic formula. We're just talking about God's word all the time because it's the foundation of our lives. Well, and that kind of leads into the fact that there's a parent's guide for this book also. So as you're sending your son off to read these stories that are in here, you're part of this quest also, correct? Yeah. I mean, in in an ideal world, parents are our children's first teacher. And it doesn't mean they can't have other influences, but God set it up so our families would be these kind of incubators of learning wisdom and understanding his character and walking it out. So we did want to create a parent's guide. My husband and I worked on these books together because, first of all, like parents should cheer each other on. It is not an easy job. And so we just wanted to say to other parents, hey, we're just proud of you and we're with you and we stand together in raising up this next generation. But we also want parents to feel equipped and having conversations with your son about the Bible or about lies they may be believing or about how to stand for truth can feel a little bit intimidating. So uh, we wanted to hand parents the tools to have those conversations and be successful in having ongoing uh, dialogue with their sons about lies and truth. So tell us a little bit more about the resource that the boys are reading, because it's not just, okay, point A, point B. It's it's a story, right? (laughs) It is. Yeah, my boys' bookshelves are filled with fiction books. And if they read a nonfiction book, it's usually because they were assigned to that in class. And um, I wanted boys to gravitate towards this book. And so, uh, yeah, we wrote this fictional story about two two boys and their dad that take this sort of epic trip out west. And they have all of these adventures as they go. Um, but they also are exposing lies all along the way. And so I hope boys grab it because it's interesting that the story is exciting to them. It's graphically just so fun. Um, But along the way, I hope they pick up those nuggets of truth for sure. All right, let's look at some of these truths because I think this one is interesting because I think it's something we, even if we don't do it intentionally, we want our kids to feel. Um, But you say it's a lie. So what's the lie of I'm good enough? Yeah, I mean, we all of our kids are different. Any parent knows this phenomenon. They all came out totally different. And and one of them is just, he's just a good kid. He just makes the right decision nine times out of ten. And there's a temptation there to think, what? why do I need a savior? I mean, I don't get in trouble much, and I get good grades at school, and maybe my brother needs one because he's always in trouble, but I don't. And so that's for that that good kid, quote unquote, because scripture tells us no one's good. No one's righteous. Uh, We all run our own way. And so for the boy who thinks, well, I don't think I need any of this. I don't think church is for me. Why do I need to learn about somebody who can save me from my sins? We want you to realize, well, according to God's standard, you're not good enough. And so you definitely need Jesus. We're talking with Aaron Davis, the author of Lies Boys Believe and the Epic Quest for Truth. And I find that sometimes these lies are go beyond these young men, and maybe we can be believing some of these too. Like another lie mm. says, following Jesus is boring. That's the lie. What's yeah. the truth? Yeah, I mean, I came to Christ uh, 25 years ago, and I'd like to say that the Lord wrecked my life because I had all of these plans, and the Lord totally has done a a totally different plan of my life, including sending me to some pretty far-flung places to teach the Bible and 
and taking risks and being uncomfortable. And so, as we talked about before, the quest for truth really is that. It's pretty epic. And following Jesus is a grand adventure because it's not living for self. On our own, we are, we'll all live our lives for looking out for number one. And the adventure is in surrendering that life and pursuing a life lived for someone else, for the king and for others. And it really can be so exciting. So we don't want our boys or any boys to have the impression that following Jesus means going to church on Sunday morning and sitting very quietly during the sermon and not fidgeting and then not ever talking about Jesus again during the week. It's so much more than that. It's to lose our lives, Jesus said, which what's more adventurous than that? Hmm. You know, I was talking to a friend just a couple days ago. We were having lunch, and I, I said, I, I didn't see the lie in front of me until it was really too late. And mm-hmm. and then we had tripped over it, and the consequences are there. Um, he, and we talked through that for a little bit. But, you know, our boys need to be able to identify these lies. So besides a compass, because we're on an epic quest, so I definitely think we need a compass. What else, what else do we have? What tools do we have in our toolbox that we can pass along to our boys so they can— spot these lies ahead of time before they get into something that will trip them up. Well, you just exactly described the progression. I mean, nobody really comes to a lie and goes, I know this is a lie, Mm. but I'm going to believe it and internalize it. And if there's lies, there's a liar. Uh, And that's the enemy. Scripture tells us he's the father of lies. Lying is his native language. And so I think spiritual warfare and those kinds of things can feel a little intimidating to talk to you about our kids. We don't want him to be scared, but Jesus talked about him. Um, and so I, I, my philosophy has always been, if the Word talks about it, let's talk about it with our kids. But the real answer is that they need to be so familiar with truth that when they come to a lie, it's easy to spot um, because they know what God's Word says. And so that, can, that takes a lifetime, um, but we're just constantly giving them Scripture and telling them, this is the plumb line for truth. Whatever else may seem true, Scripture says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. The culture is, of course, constantly spouting lies at our boys, but we want to just constantly be reminding them there is a source of truth, and it is God's Word. And over time, they're going to build that foundation so that when they come to that lie, uh, they're going to recognize it. Although God's given us each other, that conversation you have with your friend, that beautifully illustrates what God has given us. It's hard to see lies in our own life. And so we need otherwise Jesus-following friends and people in our world that you know, uh, that's not true, and then help us replace those lies with truth. That's the key component. Don't just rip out the lie as if it's a weed, but then you have to replace it with something that is true that you can shift your beliefs toward. Okay, this lie... We used to say this when we were kids. Girls rule, boys drool. Why is this a lie? <laughs> because it is. <laughs> yeah. As girls and boys both rule. You know, right? I take us back to Genesis 1, the very first chapter of the very first book of the Bible, which tells us that God made men and women unique from the beginning, but equally as image bearers of God. And so there's been this shift. Uh, in the wider culture of women empowerment and girl power. And some of that certainly has some merit. We want women to be treated with dignity and value because they have God-given value. But we don't have to switch, flip the other way with the boys. It's not like if, if girls are amazing, boys can't be. And so we, we want to resist the cultural narrative that, you know, boys are wild. They can't have self-control or boys 
can't perform in school or boys desire to be outside and exploring that there's something wrong with them uh, and just remind our boys and all boys, God made you and he called his creation good. And yeah, you're different from girls and we celebrate those differences. We don't want to erase those differences at all. Um, but it's not true that girls rule and boys rule because God, God made both genders and uh, both genders are meant to reveal something about who he is. All right. So, uh, Kids aren't listening right now. It's just us parents, just us talking together. Um, and you said all kids are a little different, so I think you'll understand this question. Is it okay to bribe a kid to read this book with, hey, I'll let you, you, you read through this book, I'll let you pick dinner for the day? Or is it okay to, to give a little incentive <laughs> for them to read this book? I bribe my kids all the time. Let's change the word to motivate. <laughs> okay, okay. I like it, I like it. Okay. We, we all chase the carrot. All of us do. And so, yeah, I mean... Whatever it takes to get your boy into the good stuff, uh, I like that pick dinner idea. That would be cheese pizza at my house, I'm afraid, every time. But I think that's a really smart idea. And even better, hey, let's do this together. I'm excited about these books. I want to spend some time with you. Uh, what what can we do to keep us motivated to keep reading? That's right. It's The Lies Boys Believe. And there's also a parent's guide to it as well, written by Aaron and Jason Davis. You can find out all the details. We've got links to it at ericandbridget.org. Would you mind doing one thing, Aaron? Would you mind praying? Because parents are in the midst of it and they need help through this because they're struggling with these lies also. So would you just mind praying Mm -hmm. for the parents as they uh, encourage and train their, their boys and girls? I'd love to. Jesus, thank you for the privilege of being parents. Your word tells us that our children are a blessing from you, uh, but we confess that it doesn't always feel that way in the day in and day out. We can feel tired. We can feel frightened by raising our kids in this uh, dark culture, but Lord, you have promised us we have everything we need for life and godliness. So I pray for the parents listening to my voice right now, that they would be encouraged by your spirit and that they would have resolved to raise their sons to live for you. We love you. We surrender our sons to you and our lives to you because you're worthy. It's in your name I pray. Amen. 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 I'm reminded, you know, I feel like as parents sometimes we feel like we're in this alone, in this battle alone. Mm-hmm. I've been reminded recently, look for the remnant. There's a, there's always a remnant. Look for it and Amen. run to it. So, Aaron, thank you so much for your encouragement today. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you.